When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are uh, doing the show kind of split screen today. We're at Casa de Schmidt. I'm in the living room. My wa- Elijah, my wife, is putting together new uh, tables. And she has threatened me with screwdrivers, not the kind you drink. There's a large piece of glass. She is wondering if she can bust over my head. It's a pleasant Friday. How are you? Good. Like like I- IKEA style tables. Like did they did they come online and she's now assembling them or she's like building these from scratch? No, she's absolutely assembling these things, and they look like high end patio furniture that I'm sure will be quite expensive uh, when the bill comes. They look cool. They're more of a silver tint. Because we need more things we can't put drinks or coasters on. So, it looks all right here. I'll have to send you a picture. That'd be good. Is your, uh, is your son already on the Call of Duty action? I know school ended, what, like an hour ago? Yes, he, he just took the that was fast. dogs downstairs. They were out back screaming because our neighborhood loves our pets. And, yeah, that's what's up. We are loaded up today. We'll talk a little hoops with Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey. Uh, gonna join us we'll uh, get some thoughts from him as spring balls around the corner pride of fairberry is bill dolman as uh, billy d gonna be with us in one hour and then we'll hit uh, some state wrestling and uh, also get some thoughts on in-state uh, recruiting uh, from central in, in central nebraska from uh, our friend doug duda with espn 1460 and 1550 Carney Hastings Grand Island. Uh, you're also hearing us on Crystal Clear FM out of Carney, 92.1 FM and Hastings 92.7. So that is really cool to announce. Dude has been covering state wrestling all week and maybe a bit of a preview with some uh, some state tournament action. Numbers to get in 466 Email Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, yes, we will talk some Husker hoops as Purdue comes to town tomorrow. Locally on the air, we will have Wahoo and Norris around 720 tonight. That's part of the reason I'm closer to Norris uh, than I am Wahoo. Uh, doing the show from home. So, Elijah, I got to ask you, you graduated high school, what, was it 17, 18? 2017, yeah, so we're four years ago now. 
Yep, four years ago, and uh, one of the the big in-state gets uh, or targets for Nebraska football was uh, was Williams out of Lincoln Southeast. He ended up going to Wisconsin. Uh, this is Donovan's older brother on on the gridiron. And that's that's like one that, that got away right when Frost and Rude and this staff showed up. We're going to spend this first segment diving into uh, in-state recruiting, the Nebraska reception to some pretty high-level kids, and uh, ultimately a big-time decision tomorrow for a top five with Devin Jackson out of Omaha Burke, really high-level linebacker Deshaun Woods. Out of Omaha Central, really talented offensive lineman. Both those guys are best friends. They go to different schools. They're going to make their announcement tomorrow. And I don't know that Nebraska is going to be in there, uh, a top five even. But you're pretty close to Williams. Bryson was a kid that really kind of popped uh, off film for a lot of people who check in on recruiting, but specifically with the size and speed and footwork ability. And uh, he's a guy continuing to grind at Wisconsin. You kind of live this with your vicinity to, to to Bryson and just growing up in that Southeast program where coaches have been known to check in. It's just a different world, and you're closer to it, Elijah, with just what kids feel and think about Husker football. There are some that still grow up wanting to play for Nebraska, or they have another connection, be it a dad or a brother, or they just like Nebraska. But it, it has waned. The in-state popularity for the Red N hasn't gone away, but it's waned. And, and now Nebraska's like everybody else, where they got to scratch and claw and fight to keep their own kids. And Nebraska's grown with the amount of training, that's gone on, Warren Academy, for example, where you get kids that, that are starting to get groomed from 8th grade through 10th grade, where they're putting the work in with the weight training and the 7-on-7 stuff. There's so many high-level kids uh, that are in the state of Nebraska working day in, day out to perfect their craft and skills. Everyone's got huddle access. Boom. There, there's no secrets anymore. In, uh, in the state of Nebraska, be it in Columbus, be it in Omaha, be it in Lincoln Southeast, be it in Kearney, Nebraska with Harburg. Uh, there are eyes everywhere, and there are programs from everywhere that have come in the last three to five years and tried to, to poach. It's a unique problem that Nebraska didn't face for a long time, and uh, now it's it's a it's a it's a dogfight with this pandemic and with a restriction that's been carried out through the end of May uh, for this uh, upcoming class. Am I wrong with any of these takes that Nebraska is just another school, not the school anymore to in-state kids? Well, I mean, what kids nowadays are thinking from two star to five stars, all of them think. I'm just looking for a place that's going to get me to the NFL. All these guys mm-hmm. are are wanting to get to the NFL. When you take a, a step back, if you didn't grow up as a Nebraska fan, when you just objectively look at the results over the past five years does nebraska look like the school that's going to get you to the nfl no i mean not, not one not bit. at all not one bit I mean, when there's other schools coming in that can say yeah we had three first round picks last year the year before that we had two first round picks um even if their record is 
eight and four, nine and three, it doesn't matter because its next step is NFL. Whereas Nebraska's coming in, you know, five and seven with not a single first round draft pick. They didn't have a single guy picked until day three of the draft. And you're looking at that and you're going, is this really the school that's gonna that's gonna get me success? I know my my friends and my family are close to here and they want to see me, but beyond all, these guys want to get their shot in the NFL. Is Nebraska that place right now? It's. I mean, it's not that it can't be. It just hasn't been. I think that's the best way I will put it. They, You can get to the NFL anywhere. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the number of North Dakota State draft picks, right? Uh, you're going to have another North Dakota State kid go in the first round uh, of, of the NFL draft here coming up. And I'm not laughing at or scoffing at that. I'm just saying 15 years ago, you knew North Dakota State was a good football program, but now they're cranking out NFL quarterbacks. And with Nebraska, they have not put people into the league. They, they just haven't. Uh, they, they did in 20, the, the 2015 draft. And, and then it's kind of been shut off. You have both the Davis twins. You have Daniels from last year. But for the most part, no, you've had a massive drought. Even, um, with, with Rex, right? I mean, Nebraska was barely saved. Well, when Tanner got, I think, drafted in the sixth or seventh round by Jacksonville uh, in the uh, in the in, in the 2017 season, so Nebraska has had its its showcase where you have a guy like Sue and Levante that are Nebraska dudes in the Super Bowl. It's been a long, long time ago. It's been a long time since Prince Mukamara went in the first round. It's been a long time since. Roger Craig and Tom Rathman were killing people on Super Bowl Sunday in back-to-back years. Nebraska can get there. And Scott Frost has a number of his Central Florida kids from that undefeated season that are still in the league. Okay? But Nebraska, in the last five years, it's not that they haven't put NFL guys in. They have. But it's not been in droves. And the last really good season they had, it was 2014-2015 when you look at the combination of kids like uh, three guys going uh, on the defensive side of the ball with Randy and Malik. Uh, Malik went a year later along with Vincent, forgive me, but that same same class, so to speak. And you had Amir and Gregory in that in that second round. So it's it's really kind of up to Nebraska to start winning. It's up to Nebraska to be able to win over in-state kids and go see them they can't do that right now but i guess i'm not panicked that for future uh kids nebraska can't can't write the ship they can do it on the field and i think they can do it from a relationship standpoint and nebraska still did a good job of undoing uh the the ignorance that went on in the metro with the previous staff and uh, they got a Henrich. They got a Hickman. They were able to, to, to get the in-state kids. They didn't get a Bryson Williams, but they tried. They tried and tried and tried. And, and then you fast forward here, Nebraska's done okay with in-state kids. But you're not going to like what you hear tomorrow with Devin Jackson or Deshaun Woods in their top five. I'm thinking it's A&M. I'm thinking it's Arizona State. I'm thinking it's Miami. I don't think Nebraska's on the radar now. Uh, Elijah, kids can't still visit. You, you won't know until after January, after May 31st uh, where and if you can go on official visits or not. 
if for some insane reason kids can't go check things out, the sight unseen commitment could happen. Maybe you'll have a situation where a kid will on his own dime, like Avante Dickerson, will go out to Eugene. But that just down the road, it's a lot quicker and easier to go check things out for yourself in Lincoln that's just down the road versus uh, driving to Tempe or going to Coral Gables or hitting College Station. Not that they wouldn't or couldn't or can't, but uh, Nebraska, the answer is not going to be good. I don't think Nebraska will give up on Jackson and Woods. But really, there's there's really a, a pretty high level of top five, Elijah, that, that are in here. You've got Houseman out of Columbus. You've got Helms at tight end, of course. Uh, uh, you've got um, uh, another kid, uh, Riley Ducker, Micah Riley. Again, you have two Bellevue West tight ends. You've got Houseman of Columbus. And then you got Jackson and Woods. Nebraska may get one out of these five, and predictably people people will freak at that closing percentage. I mean, but just look at the the. I mean, I talked about the draft earlier. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. Just look at how Nebraska has been able to turn around talent. If you can't see campus, uh, you're just gonna have to go based on what the coaching staff has done for the guys that have come before you. And Nebraska, since the year 2000, has had four first round picks. That's it. And the last one was in 2011. You mentioned it, Prince Mukamara. It's been a decade. Mm-hmm. It's been a decade since Nebraska had a first-round pick. So if these guys, I mean, they're even close to home, but not being Nebraska fans, when was the last time they heard a Nebraska guy get their, their name called in the draft? You go walk across the stage and shake Goodell's hand. It just, it's just not happening. There's a whole bunch of other schools which are probably going to be in their top fives which have had that, though. Well, and the, the other part of this is I, I mentioned Pac-12, I mentioned ACC, I mentioned Big 12. We mentioned warm weather, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of this, too. And, and Herm Edwards has the NFL appeal. Jimbo Fisher and, and A&M have had a pretty long history of offensive line success. And then the U is the U. And, and the U finally was worth a damn for the first time in a long time last year. I still think they went 10-3, and three, but they were in the top 10 for a while. Miami's always got that mystique and reputation even though, even though they have not been at the U level for 20 years. I mean, the last time the U was great was 2002, and they shortly fell apart after they lost to the Ohio State uh, team in the Fiesta Bowl in that 2002, uh, two, 2002 championship game. But Miami's not been at that level for, for nearly as long as Nebraska's not been at an elite level. But, no, I think things take care of itself in-state if you're Nebraska, if you start winning again, obviously. Uh, I think you need to treat these kids like they are in in Iowa or Kansas City or Denver. or you got to treat them like they're out of state just because you do not have a history of success recently in the program. Some of it isn't your fault, and some of it you're trying to get turned around. What Nebraska did with the the regional 500-mile radius was flat-out incredible and insane. They did really well for 2021. They can do it again, but you're going to have yet another high-level crop of kids probably end up looking somewhere else. December's not here yet. Nebraska can do their work, but it, it really the the approach 
and the connection is so, so key. These guys got to be treated like, well, they're, uh, they are commodities, and I know you roll your eyes at that, but in all honesty, you got to treat them like they're out-of-state kids. And I said that before, but I mean it. Um, you can't take them for granted is, is what I'm at. And even from an attitude standpoint, you can't have the attitude of, well, they should want to come here. It's, it's Nebraska. It's their home state. A lot of these kids have different, um, different takes on that, and they don't know or, or, or realize the success or the history because it's not been part of their, their sports life cycle. You think about when you become a fan of a team. That eight years of age to, to to fifteen, it isn't real rosy for Nebraska, with a lot of these kids that are seniors to be or, or juniors right now. Elijah Herbal, it's Chris Schmidt, Tail Varsity Radio. We'll see where things shake out in recruiting. Uh, we'll, we'll check in with Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity. Some Husker hoops on our mind. Bill Dolman coming up as well on a Friday. And we're back, fellas. I think we could. Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in, and it, man, I feel like it's been way too long. The good doctor is here, Derek Peterson, at Dr. PDHV on Twitter. His podcast, you can find at Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. And it drops Friday mornings, the Varsity Club podcast. We say hi to the pride of Oklahoma. Dr. Petey, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I am I'm sitting at the, the kitchen island. The, the dogs are quiet. My wife quit putting together her new uh, end tables and coffee table, and the vacuum cleaners turned off. So we're having a good segment. We're having a good second segment, Derek. So it, it's quiet at home, dude. Good. You got to cherish those moments when you get them. Right, exactly. Um, so uh, there's been lots of uh, snow and ice uh, in in your native Oklahoma and further south in Texas. I ask this uh, lovingly, and I've got some suggestions. But what's your most burnable piece of furniture to stay warm if you had to? Oh, most burnable piece of furniture. Um, we've got a. Futon that would that is God, yes. just not comfortable at all, <laughs> and that that would probably be the one. That, I feel like that one would burn well. Big, okay, fabric. I feel like that would burn well and keep us keep us warm. Can we just break the myth? Every kid got a futon for college. <laughs> we had them too, and I know they kind of fold down so you can just pass out. But, God, they're not comfortable. And you just sit no. it for the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, you got to spend like $1,000 on one to get one that's comfy. Um, or more. Like, and, and at that point, just buy yourself a couch. Like, <laughs> we, have a, right. we, we have a couch in our living room that um, has a kind of recliner function to it. And it's the comfiest thing ever. Like, my brother came to visit one time and... In um, instead of sleeping on the futon, which he said wasn't comfortable, he just slept on the couch and reclined, so that that was more comfortable than the futon. Like just buy yourself a couch at that point. Just listen to Derek Peterson here on comfort in the living room. 
Okay, what's your take here? Uh, we were just hitting this to start the show about, you know, you've got a couple of uh, Nebraska's top in-state kids for 2022 that'll have their announcement tomorrow for a top five. I don't know that Nebraska is going to be in the um, on the, on the short list. Well, I want your perspective here on on what you think Nebraska can do as they build to to win consistently in a COVID period right now to keep connecting. They just did well in state or regionally with kids, but you've got a, a, a crew of 2022 kids that may be more uh, of the Avante Dickerson mold of where they want to kind of go out and explore. Um, the, the blowback won't be good by Nebraska fans because, you know, they'll freak if, if in-state kids get away. And then also speak to, to Oklahoma for a moment here. Um, how well does OU and, and Oklahoma State do with keeping in-state kids in their border? Or it just feels like Oklahoma gets rated quite a bit because of the high level of kid. Yeah, Oklahoma also gets rated because Oklahoma can afford to go recruit elsewhere. Like they can mm-hmm. pull um, five stars out of California, which they've done, um, or kind of go into the South and recruit, which they've done. Um, and they're able to do that because they're winning. Um, and so I think, like, as the talent in the state here in Nebraska continues to um, get recognized more and more and, and uh, continues to be more. I'd say properly rated. Um, you know, it's going to be difficult for Nebraska, even even with a winning program. It's going to be difficult to keep the top kids in state. Like you're going to get kids like um, Avante Dickerson has the the Oregon offer, um, right? Like you're going to get mm-hmm. kids that are going to have big time offers. And, and you saw um, a kid just this last week here locally that blew up, um, and 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 the bulk of those offers were. Big Ten or Power Five offers, um, so it's you know it, that's good. You want that. You want people to to look at your state and say there's a lot of talent there. Um, and, but you know, for Nebraska, um, the first step is being a consistently strong program, um, a program that's going to consistently win and um, show the hometown kids that you're going to be playing in meaningful games late in the season. Um, not just exciting games early in the season because it's early in the season, um, and there hasn't there hasn't been enough of that lately. So you see a lot of these kids, you know, as as we get um, you know further and further away from Nebraska's last conference championship, away from the last time they were nationally relevant. You're going to get kids that that never grew up a Nebraska fan. You get kids that even though they lived here, they never grew up a Nebraska fan. You know, I grew up in Oklahoma. And I wasn't an Oklahoma fan. Um, that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. Like Noah Vedrill talked about when he came home, like he was an Oregon fan growing up. Um, that's just, that's just the way it happens. So Nebraska has to give kids um, as many reasons to stay home as possible that aren't just, oh, well, you're from here, and you know, we're 30 minutes an hour away. And and like another thing that is important, and not to make excuses for the program, like. Um, you know, I, I, I have grandparents that live in Bellevue and mm-hmm. I don't get to see them very often. Like it's, it's not a short drive <laughs> to go see them. Um, especially, you know, when you have as hectic a life as I'm sure, um, a division one, um, caliber high school senior has, um, even, even in COVID times, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to just pick up and, 
and be on the road for two hours to go visit uh, Nebraska and, and, you know, with everything that's going on, um, they haven't been able to. So, you know, I think that plays a part. Um, but, you know, and Greg Smith and I talked about this on my podcast that you referenced earlier, like Nebraska signed five of the, the top seven kids in the state um, last cycle in the 2021 cycle, but they missed on two of the top three. Um, and, you know, if that continues to happen, you know, in spite of all of the, the reasons that I just gave you for why it, it could happen and why it has happened and why it could continue to happen, like that can't, that can't be a thing. Like Nebraska needs to find a way to keep top talent in state until it can go pull four stars, high four stars, five stars from elsewhere, like where you see other programs that necessarily mm-hmm. don't lock down their borders. It's because they're able to go elsewhere and get better kids. Um, and Nebraska's not really doing either right now. Um, but, you know, when it starts winning, if and when those wins start coming, um, and we're talking about like nine, ten win seasons, then, you know, then it, it needs to be, all right, you got to get two of the top three. You got to get all three of them, really, to, to feel good. Um, but Nebraska's not there yet. So there's, they, they got to do work on the field first and then um, kind of worry about some of that stuff elsewhere. Derek Peterson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, when Nebraska's had success, it feels like it's because they lock down these uh, guys within the 500-mile radius, and they also have another state they can turn to uh, to go get their talent. I think back to Bo Pelini and his success in Texas. Um, Scott Frost has tried to build that in Florida. Do you think that his expedition to, down to Florida to get these guys to come to Nebraska, do you think that's been failed, or do you think he's going to continue to try to uh, get some Florida kids uh, in later recruiting classes? Um, I, I mean... It's it's probably hard to say. I mean, a lot of their Florida success was that entire staff was in Florida and had relationships with those those coaches that were down there. And the the, the more time they spend away from Florida, um, you know, those relationships are are um, I'm not going to say decay, but like you know, you move away from home and you're not as close of, of friends with the people back home as as you were as time moves on. Um, that's probably going to happen a little bit. I don't think Nebraska's going to abandon Florida because I don't think you can afford to abandon Florida. And the way they recruit, like, you know, it, it, it's going to be sort of a national focus and they're going to try to get those hot spots. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's been a, a failure um, at all. You know, you, COVID changed things um, the last year and, and we'll probably have a similar effect this year, right? Like kids left and then all of a sudden it was like, you know what? I got stuff going on back home. I've got maybe, you know, a family member that's, that's had a health scare or going through some stuff. And you know what, it's, it's just more important to me to be closer to home. Um, and so when you're pulling kids from the edges of the country, from the coast and bringing them to the middle of the country, hundreds of miles away from home, like that, that stuff is just going to happen. So I don't think, I don't think Florida is, is a failed strategy. Um, and I don't think they'll go away from it, but you know, I, I, I do think like, you know, you mentioned the 500-mile radius, and, and Greg Smith has written about this a ton. Like, it was a big emphasis with this last class, um, and it'll probably continue to be a big emphasis. Um, but, you know, part of that, too, is, like we talked about, the, the talent in the state is growing. Um, the talent around them is growing. Like, they pulled a kid that should have been a five-star out of Iowa. Um, so the talent around them is getting better. So, um uh, you know, I, it's not. It's not going to be. It's probably not going to be what it was like that first class that that they were here in, in 2018. It's probably not going to be to that extent. 
um, as we move forward. But I think that, you know, Florida will still be a, a, a point of emphasis for them. Derek Peterson's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, and Dr. PDHV on Twitter is where you follow him. And uh, his podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the Varsity Club. Dr. PD, I've got uh, 90 seconds. Uh, the new issue is out uh, with Hale Varsity. Please tell folks about your feature in there. Yeah. Um, I wrote about Michael Caton, who uh, was told to retire when she was at Cal. And um, she didn't want to. She felt like she could continue playing. And her dad was an advocate for her. And um, a, a former Cal team doctor was a, a big advocate for her. And um, they, uh, they found a way to, to get her right. And um, she is at Nebraska. Um, and she's played pretty well for them. Once she got clear, she played pretty well. Um, so she's she's got a, a remarkable story. Um, she's a remarkable woman. Um, she's got a lot of determination, uh, and I hope that comes through in the piece. I was I was really um, happy to to get to talk to her and tell her story, and, and happy that she shared with me the way that she did. And, and I hope people like the story. Well, uh, get the uh, the magazine uh, for sure. Eight five five three Husker Hail dot com backslash subscribe. Bundle it. You'll love it. Digital and in uh, print for sure. And what a storyteller he is. He's very humble. But uh, Derek Peterson's got a great one on uh, Michael and uh, what a what a job he did. Dr. Petey, man, we got to get it together for a, for a cocktail and just say what's up. We can wave at each other and we can nod uh, over the uh, the FaceTime thing or just say hi on the radio waves. But it's been a while, man. Hope you and the fam are well, and thanks for jumping on today. Yeah, appreciate you, man. We'll, we'll do it soon. All right, man. There he is. Derek Peterson, com and Magazine. Good discussion. We'll switch gears, hit some uh, Nebraska basketball. The mayor uh, back in Lincoln, which is good. Purdue on the uh, the way in. Basketball weekend. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. A Friday edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Thanks to Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity. Uh, Bill Dolman's coming up in 20 minutes or so. Doug Duda from the uh, Doug and Daddy Show will check in. He was all over state wrestling this week. And some prep ball from him uh, in the second hour. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. You as a Nebraska fan, how well will you take Nebraska losing in-state kids to other big-time programs? Is it something that you just got to accept at some point, potentially? sparingly or do you realize that yeah it's it's kind of a potentially a new normal just because of all of the eyes everywhere people will find you if you're a high level talent and if you're a kid you want to go get to the uh you want to go get to the league and the home state school's not been sending too many to the league now we'll see if that can't get turned around under Scott Frost. So a guy that uh, is all about pro ball and is back in college is Fred Hoiberg, Elijah. And, 
you know what? Good for Nebraska. They got to sleep in their own beds. They got to uh, have a day off yesterday. They got to work out a little bit today. And uh, here's a little bit of Coach Hoiberg from today. We'll start off with how uh, the mayor is keeping the team fresh at practice as they get ready for Purdue. Generally, the second day after an extended trip is the one where you're more tired. And yesterday, uh, you know, you kind of go on on adrenaline after that first day back home. And then the second day, that's when it hits you. So we did. We got them up. We got a really good sweat early in practice. Uh, But when we put our scout in and the game plan in, generally when we go live and get them up and down a little bit more, we just weren't able to do that because of a couple little things. Not that any of them have to sit out tomorrow, but literally three straight plays. I had guys uh, limp off at court. So, you know, we just made the decision to put the game plan, walk through it, and we'll get an opportunity to get a sweat tomorrow uh, at, uh, at noon before the 4.30 tip and hopefully have, have our legs. That, that's going to be as important as any in this stretch that we're going to have coming up is to try to keep them as fresh as possible. Elijah, that's brutal news that, that guys, you, you have seven games, 12 days. This is the, the um, seventh. And and you got guys that are it, it looks like just fatigued, and then you're starting to pull stuff. And man, it's uh, it's not a a good look for the league, quite honestly. I mean, no, it's it's it's. I understand that it's what the Big Ten has to do here, but whenever they say all these things about health and safety for football, and and we've talked about it before, this doesn't seem like it's promoting health and safety among the men's basketball team at Nebraska, and then they say. Um, no Big Ten tournament for baseball, uh, no non-conference play, promoting health and safety. But then, oh, Nebraska, you got to go play a back-to-back against Maryland. And that's probably better than, you know, having to force in four games with cross-country road trips and whatnot in one week. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you shouldn't have to play four games in one week in college basketball. It's about a paycheck with your different tier levels with basketball, and, and that's it. And Coach Hoiberg's been – asked a lot about the, this Michigan and Nebraska dynamic and is is Michigan going to have to do and go through what Nebraska went to went through and you know Michigan's makeup is going to be 11 games in in 22 days allegedly listen they're not going to make Michigan do that they're going to look at Nebraska and say yeah it's not been good on Nebraska we're not going to do that to our one seed uh specifically if you get an Ohio State win on Sunday against Michigan. Uh, the Wolverines still have opportunity to stay on that one line, but it's a really good battle Sunday. Uh, but you don't want to do a disservice to your one seed, but you can't really just be blatantly treating your last team, uh, your last place team in league action like a, a, a redheaded stepchild. And, and the Big Ten's completely doing that. But, but on the flip uh, side of things, you Go also ahead. have Nebraska. I mean, they need games right now. Fred Hoiberg said it mm-hmm. before. He, he'll say it again, I'm sure, is that nothing is going to be better for this team than to get more games and to get more time playing together. Um, obviously, you'd like to have practice time in between there, but I, I think if you if you gave Fred Hoiberg the option of fit in all these games in a month or don't play these games at all, I think he'd rather play the games because I think he knows how important it is for the development. It's the same as, it's same as the football team with Scott Frost. Scott Frost wanted to play as many games as he could this year because he knows his team needed it for the development aspect of things. And I think Fred Hoiberg's team needs it too. And we've seen it in the past couple of games, just seeing how these this team looks better than they did uh, at the start of conference play. Hoiberg's right on the money, and you're going to get better by playing. What this team's got to have, and you hit on it, is is the ability to practice correct, 
and get better with practice time and then you know apply that to game time. So let's hear a little bit more on that development phase. And Eduardo Andres, super intriguing, long and lanky and athletic, and he's shown some flashes. Here's more from the mayor on Eduardo and where he's going with his game getting better each day. Well, I'm really proud of Eduardo, for one, for working on his game and spending a lot of extra time in the gym, working on his finishes, uh, working on his conditioning. Eduardo's got a chance uh, with his physical tools to be special, and, and I've said that since we got him. And, you know, rim protection, we haven't had that, uh, you know, in the two years uh, that we're coming up on, but Eduardo has had some really good blocks at the rim and, you know, plays that would have been two points or three on an and one uh, are now, you know, we've got that guy back there so we can get extended a little bit more as we move on with Eduardo into the future. Uh, and he'll play more and more as we as we go down the stretch run. And I've uh, been really pleased with his development and uh, proud of how he's continued to work. We're going to snake in more from the mayor here. Uh, rim protection's great by Eduardo on the defensive side. Where's Nebraska at with a chance to practice when it comes to finishing at the rim? Here's the mayor. It's continuing to get in the gym, which those two guys, uh, both Ivan and Eduardo, do a good job. And a lot of it is where they are based on their uh, development in, in their basketball lives. And both those two guys started playing basketball later than most of the guys on our roster. Eduardo, I mean, he's still new to this game. But I think you see the feel. <clears throat> I think he's going to develop into a nice shooter. He's got a nice high release point. Uh, you saw, I think, my Penn State around one of those games, he stepped up and knocked down two free throws with no hesitation. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to have a chance to be a very good shooter uh, because of his mechanics. Uh, but, you know, again, as you talked about, Sam, the repetition with the players, especially the ones that, that didn't grow up with this game. You know, Eduardo grew up playing a lot of soccer. I think that's why he's got great feet. Uh, but, you know, he's he's got a chance to be a really good one because, again, of his athleticism. Uh, you can't teach a seven, seven almost 7'5 seven, wingspan. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the way that he is coming along with his skill you know what get me a guy with a monster wingspan get me a guy that's played soccer at that size and that height get me a dude with uh that agility and ability to be agile on his feet and and we'll no doubt put the work in to get better we're winding down this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio, Friday edition. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we'll spend some time with Bill Dolman coming up, Doug Duda on the way. Uh, find us on email, chris at halevarsity.com. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Uh, we'll wrap up Hour 1 next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, we will talk with Bill Dolman to remind you the pride of Fairbury is coming up, NBC Sports. And we'll have some uh, discussion points here from Coach Hoiberg on uh, how fair is it for Nebraska versus Michigan with this schedule that's been put on the Big Red due to the COVID shutdown. And also, uh, you know, what what is going to, to be asked of Michigan, your, your top team in the league, 
and your one seed. Uh, let's get you a quick uh, reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty real quick. And uh, they not only take their time, they find uh, that residential home in Lincoln or surrounding community you want, but they can also save you some money. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider, they are phenomenal. Uh, give Tom a ring at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, you can give Kelly a shout as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com, and get an appointment today. Go see Tom. Go see Kelly. Uh, at 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So let's uh, hear from Coach Hoiberg. Elijah, do we have the uh, the Jawan discussion point queued up? Yes, we do. All right, let's hear him. And, and, and listen, I have the utmost respect for Jawan Howard. I always have. He's a guy that you know. I, I know. I tried to hire him when I was in Chicago uh, when I got when I got the the Bulls job and. Uh, you know, I admired him as a player. Uh, you know, he's doing obviously unbelievable things at Michigan. But, you know, I said it the other night after the game, our programs are in two completely different places right now. You know, we're in a beginning stages of a rebuild. And, you know, he's right now a, guy, a team that's going to compete for a championship. So, you know, for us, these games are all very meaningful for the development of our players. You've seen what it's done for Eduardo, uh, you know, to get more action and more games. So to me, the more games we can play, uh, you know, the better it's going to be. Now, the one thing I don't want is for it to affect long-term health. And, you know, we talk to our training staff and our medical staff about that and try to make sure that the guys, uh, you know, make it through these last however many games we're going to play, you know, on, on what the Big Ten gives us. But it's important for us uh, to get games where our guys can continue to develop and get opportunity. Uh, you know, the, the other thing... You know, I, I, I can't say I blame what they're trying to do over there. You know, and the last thing I'd say is, you know, for me, you know, I'm going to talk about what's best for our program. And, you know, I, I would hope all the other coaches would do the same thing. No, you got to pump your program. And <laughs> there's a, a fine line of experience. There's a fine line of getting better, the young guys, or just gelling. You've seen Nebraska get better. It's not always come in wins. But I think you you feel better about where the basketball program's at. But you can't go on a death march to to do it, and it feels like Nebraska's been on one, hence the, the first commentary by Fred about just guys, you know, kind of pulling up lane. So I don't know. We'll see where uh, things shake out against Purdue. We'll uh, have a good time with the uh, Friday Fairberry, Bill Dolman, Bill Dolman. When we come back, Hour 2 at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Without further ado, we welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. You hear and watch him on the Olympic Channel with NBC. And the backyard still looks like we could be doing some moguls on it. We say hi to Bill Dolman, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, how's your Friday? What do you know? Well, I hate to tell the people back uh, home in God's country that it's probably in the mid-40s here with bright sunshine and any snow that we got over the last couple of days is pretty much long gone unless you have a house that faces toward the north because that snow sticks around for about uh, six, seven weeks. But nevertheless, it is a uh, glorious day out here, and I know that everybody back home has had uh, a few challenges, except for you, of course, having it been your birthday this week. So I trust you had a good time at the playground at Richmond and Gordman and pizza at Shakey's and maybe around a golf at Coolcrest? You know, that's a good question. I, I, I thought about, you know, some form or fashion of Shakey's, but, but not that. Um, <laughs> that's downtown, no. or at least it was. Well, it, it, the thing is, is it's just weird. It's just awkward when you go in and, and, it's, and it's her shift. You know, so <laughs> back then well, it was wait. a nice surprise for her, yeah, but yeah, now right. it's just, I'm stalking her again. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had a good birthday. We went and had a, 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 a filet, a little baked potato, a beer, and I was in bed by 830 because I'm old now, Dolman. That happens. It happens to all of us. But it's the best thing in the world <laughs> where you can just go crash. Um, I want to get into some recruiting thoughts because it's your favorite topic, Billy D. <laughs> but just the reality of the in-state talent in Nebraska continuing to rise up and attract outside attention and the fact Nebraska is not guaranteed anymore to keep home state kids home. Do you think that that will eventually be accepted? Do you think Nebraska can reverse course? How do you look at that? And the reason I bring it up is because you've got a number of high-level kids, and, and these kids are doing work with, for example, Steve Warren, who you know well, uh, and they're just they're really talented, and that means Iowa State is playing good football and recruiting them. That means Iowa. That means Miami. That means Notre Dame. I mean, go through the list, right? Uh, How does Nebraska counter the issue that is a reality in 2021 uh, getting rated in your home state? Well, I think the bottom line goes back to, you know, you've got to win. And, you know, back in the day, once it was established that the Nebraska players were not just important to the program, but were um, uh, producing within the program. If you if you got a shot to play and if you earned your shot to play, you were going to get to play. And it wasn't something as though anything was promised to anybody else. But if, if you were a, a walk-on kid or a coveted kid, whatever the case might be, however you want to view it, you know, back for 30-plus years, it was people in Nebraska knew that you were going to get a chance to play and that by playing at Nebraska, what you were doing was, was kind of important, not only you know, for the state culture, but for your hometown. And, you know, February hasn't exactly had a number of guys who have played, you know, for, for the Huskers over the years, but 
I think most people would remember who, who had a chance to play. Russ Vonis, I think, was a backup punter for any, for a couple of years. Uh, Mitch Grummert came from Fairbury and played. Uh, you, know, you, you remember those guys who left home and went to Lincoln and got to play for the Huskers. And until you can reestablish how important that is with the winning, um, it's, it's probably going to be a battle to keep kids in state. I, and I, I, we used to go raid the best players out of Missouri. We raided the best players out of Iowa. We raided all of the, you know, the, the, the surrounding states for their best talent. And, yeah, because Nebraska has slipped a little bit in terms of the wins and losses, you know, and, and maybe it's not quite as uh, perceived as important in hometowns around the, the state, it, it might be an uphill battle. I still think you're going to get – you know, the vast majority of guys who, you know, who want to play Nebraska are going to go to Nebraska. But you're always going to have, the, you know, there's always that culture of, of kids in Omaha that you might have to fight for. And, you know, back in the day was you, you could name the ones that would leave. You know, the Sean Ridleys, that was a big deal that he went to Iowa. Larry Station went to Iowa. Sometimes they, they were slipping away. But, you know, the talent in Nebraska is pretty good. And you're, you have places like the Warren Academy that are, that are making players even better. There's certainly much more. Uh, it's 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 tougher to hide players these days because kids can go find their you know get their own website and put their own product on there and let uh, you know the coaches know where they are. So Nebraska is doing the same thing though, uh, you know, finding players wherever they can and finding those who are interested who have a tie and want to get you know an opportunity to build a program. Bill, this is a Husker talk show, but I kind of want to get your opinion on. Uh, the University of Colorado and their ability to recruit in-state just as a, as a barometer are they able to, to lock down a 500 mile an hour, or 500 mile radius around the around Boulder or is that something that Nebraska works harder on than uh, than other schools in the country? Well, I think Nebraska works on works on it harder, um, but I'm just telling you, and, and I don't say this as 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 a guy who bleeds scarlet and cream. There is no interest. In Colorado football here, I'm just telling you that I've got, I always go back to the Mike McIntyre year when they were about nine and zero going into October, and prior to them getting into October, nobody was talking about them. There was little talk about them. You know, granted, the year that we've had was was disjointed, but Carl Durrell had a decent first season after you know the guy jumped ship and went to Michigan State, but you don't notice anything about. Colorado football. So is it easy to come to Colorado and take out uh, Brian Borboom and Tahan Lewis and a McCaffrey who, who left and, you know, and um, JJ Dolman or Jojo Dolman. Um, you, know, you can go back Work over shop. the years. Nebraska's done reasonably well, but I'm, I'm just telling you, there is not a huge interest in Colorado football within the city of Denver, where the talent would be. You, there, I, I've said this many times. There, there's more. You hear more about Colorado State for some reason, and I don't know why that is. But you hear more about Colorado State football in in the Denver area than you do about the Buffs. Maybe it's because the Broncos overshadow everything. And right now, the biggest topic of conversation is is Deshaun Watson, right? But nobody talks Colorado football until about October. And then they gauge where they are, and if they're having a decent season, you might hear a little bit more about them. So if, they, if, if, you're, a, if you're a great Denver high school football player, you, you grow up knowing not much about Colorado football. Right? And that's just the way it is. And, I, and it's, it's really kind of a strange thing. But, uh, you know, I think a lot, of play, a lot of places that have urban schools, metropolitan schools like 
you know, UCLA and USC and even Miami and some of those, you're, you're fighting to be in the headlines. And Colorado, I think, that fights that battle probably more than anybody, and I don't think they ever win it. I don't think they'll ever win it. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, and uh, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, going to switch gears to Nebraska basketball. It's been a, a really grueling stretch for Nebraska. They, they get a day of rest. They get a day of practice. They get Purdue tomorrow. Uh, what have, what, what's been your takeaway with uh, Nebraska's stretch here? I know they only had one win, could have won two, but what have you seen from, from Hoiberg's crew here as this uh, week's continued? I think that Nebraska would be really solid if games were 30 to 35 minutes long. It it seems like you you watch them and they're close, and then there's that four minute scoring drought, or two minute scoring drought that turns into four, that turns into six, and a game that is two points and stuck in the 40s midway through the second half is all of a sudden 61 44, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Um, I I I, it, I think it's pretty tough to judge them at this stage of this season, given what they went through with the with the lengthy pause. And then what they've been told to do, <laughs> I still, I still think the Big Ten's trying to get them back for you know the whole football thing in August. Um, I, I can't recall. Are you, are, I mean, I are really, you serious? Or are you just giving a, a great one line there? I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I'm watching this going. We're going to have you guys play every other day and travel, and then play back to back days, then come back home, have a day off, then play again. I, I just. I find what they've had to go through as uniquely challenging as maybe anything I've seen in, you know, 35 years in the sports business. Um, But, you know, they play hard. I'll give them that. They don't look incredibly organized offensively. They cast up way too many threes, pass up too many twos. There was a game the other day that I was watching, and there was a a wide-open eight-foot jumper in the lane. And the first thought is, what wing do I pass to? And not shooting at the open rim, and that, but that's symptomatic of, of college basketball in general. You know, it's you pass up the two to shoot the three, whether you make the three or not, that doesn't matter. The fact is, that's what you're looking to do, and that's you know one of the hard things about watching basketball anymore is is the emphasis on the three pointer and passing up the two pointer, um, which maybe not even practiced anymore. Um, but you know, I, I just really think it's hard to judge what this team is being this who this team is with what it's been asked to do i i here's what i think i think they're going to go on a roll they're going to go play in the big 10 tournament which is in indianapolis the entire ncaa tournament is being played in indianapolis so i just think nebraska is going to get on a roll win the tournament get an automatic bid and they're going to be in indy and save some travel money there you go bill dolman with the Chris, do we still have you? <laughs> oh, optimism. Chris, Chris, we lost optimism. You. Chris, we lost you for a second there. Better now? Yes, you're back now. Yeah, this thing's going to set the kitchen island on file. <laughs> Goldman, remember the old tie line? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working with one of those it's doing my alive. NBC shows right now. Okay, cool. So I got to ask uh, about Watson and Denver. Does that happen? And what's your take on Wentz and Indy? Well, I think at this point it's been sold so much over the last week that the Broncos need to be careful that that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, Elway moved on to another position with the organization. They've got their new general manager. 
And uh, I, I think that they've cleared space cap-wise. Carolina, I think, cleared like $19 million in cap space today. I would imagine the Texans are going to acquiesce at some point and say, okay, you know, go ahead. We're going to make a trade for you. And it's going to come down to Carolina or it's going to come down to Denver. Um, people have said that Watson doesn't want to be here because of the weather, but somebody needs to tell him that there's more sunshine here than anywhere else other than Australia. Um, so I, but the problem I think the Broncos have is if they don't get him, they have sold it so much with the new GM that, if they don't, it's going to be a disappointment, and they're going to be stuck with Drew Locke, who two years ago was, you know, an exciting young player because of his personality, but nobody's excited about him because of his performance. So you can you can have the guy that likes to you know beep up his head on the sidelines listening to hip hop, which is cool and it's fun, but when he goes on the sidelines and throws a bunch of pick sixes like you know Jameis Winston, and it's like why why are we playing this guy? So I think Denver's got a, got a real problem on their hands if they don't land Deshaun Watson. And I, and I would I'd put Vaughn Miller in a deal and a few other players and send him down there because J.J. Watt is gone. And I, I think Miller needs a, a fresh break, too. So that's I think Denver's got to make that deal, whatever whatever it takes. And Carson, Carson Wentz, 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 I, I think he needed a, I think he needed a fresh start. It's a little bit like Deshaun Watson getting out of Houston. There's a new coach in, in Indianapolis. Doesn't seem to be uh, the coach doesn't seem to be right for the job at least at this point. It's a new system. It's an, it's everything new. Jalen Hurts comes in and does well, and I just think Wentz's time in Philadelphia had come to an end, and he gets to go play for Frank Reich, whom he loves. He's going back, you know, fairly close to home, and he's going to a team that's got a really good offensive line. It's got a great ground game, so they don't rely on Wentz as much. He's got, you know, at least one decent receiver, and they've got a good vibe going on there. And so a fresh start for him might be exactly what he needs. And if it doesn't work out for him there, he's going to be a long-term backup. You know, I think that's where it is. But I think for every every party involved, that deal needed to be made, and right now everybody wins. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Billy D, last thought here, about 90 seconds. Uh, what is your weekend broadcast schedule like? When can folks hear and see you? on uh, the NBC family of networks? Well, I don't think there's any question about it. The buzz in this country has to be what's going on at the World Biathlon Championships in Polkuka, Slovenia. The world's greatest sport, exhaustion, mental fatigue, rifles, men's and women's mixed relays, all kinds of action. Uh, we've got the, we're wrapping that up uh, this weekend, and then the World Nordic Championships, cross-country skiing, Nordic combined, all the great sports that make Nebraska special. It now being introduced to the rest of the world over the next uh, 10 days in uh, Slovenia and in Germany. So that's uh, all kinds of winter wonderland of sports on the networks of NBC. Do they still do the skeleton? Remember that thing? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they head first going 90 miles an hour on a sled. Yeah, exactly. They got that thing yeah. going on. They, you know, one of the first things that they, NBC called sweet. me, and they, they, NBC called me like three years ago, and they're saying, hey, look, uh, we need somebody to call ski jumping. Could you do ski jumping? I said, I'm from Nebraska. Of course I can do ski jumping. And the rest is history. <laughs> I love it. Find Bill on Twitter at Billy, uh, at Bill Dolman, uh, Pride of Fairbury. And, uh, Bill, it was great to get caught up. Thank you for the birthday wishes this week. Uh, we will get out to, to Donkey Land at some point and, and find a brewery. All right? <laughs> There's plenty of those out here, too. <laughs> Notice I said brewery. All right. There we go. Bill, thanks, brother. 
Go Big Red. There he is, Bill Dolman. We will uh, check in with Doug Duda, uh, state wrestling, some hoops. Uh, our Friday edition continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down a Friday, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, you hear him on Doug and Daddy on ESPN Superstation in central Nebraska. Proud affiliate uh, with Hale Varsity. And uh, we are excited to be on out in uh, Carney Hastings, Grand Island, uh, 1460, 1550. And, uh, of course, their, their new FM signals, uh, 92.1 in Kearney, 92.7 in Hastings. We welcome in Doug Duda. Mr. Doug, I, I got to get the lowdown from you, man. Thanks for the time. Take us through your week in Omaha at State Wrestling. You're a Hall of Fame broadcaster. You are Mr. Wrestling, and uh, what what are some impressions you had this week of, of covering, you know, a sport Nebraska kids really love and Nebraskans really love checking in on? Well, Schmitty, it's great to talk with you. I just want to say thanks for the Valentine's teddy bear that you sent me. That was awful sweet. And uh, when you're sitting in here at the CHI Health Center, I tell everybody it's like being in Vegas. You don't know what's going on outside. You don't know what time of day it is. You don't know what the temperature is. You're in here from sunup to sundown, but you get to watch some great high school sports, and it's just kind of it's the beginning. We've got state wrestling this week, then the swimming and diving next week, and then you got girls' state basketball and boys' state basketball, all the championships uh, kind of starting here today. This is a, an event you have covered and uh, know well, and uh, I know it's been broken up. How has that gone for the kids versus uh, it being kind of all slammed together it's been and it worked well but with COVID it's been spread out over several days how has that dynamic been for for you and also for the wrestlers yeah it spreads it out uh classes a and d wrestled wednesday and thursday and classes b and c are going today and they for the first round they did their own so like uh Wednesday morning, A started at 9 a.m. They wrestled through about three, four rounds, got done about 1.30-ish, 2 o'clock, and then at 5 o'clock they took it on to D. The only thing, Schmitty, is is atmosphere. Class A at 9 in the morning on a Wednesday. We don't have to make any jokes. You kind of know what that's like. People are busy. People are going to school. It wasn't that much atmosphere. Class B came in last night. It's a chance for everybody to get back to the big city. There's a lot of these folks that – haven't been able and haven't traveled much because of all of this and a chance to come support the community, watch their kids and family members or just their classmates because it has opened up. It's not family only. Uh, You can find a way to get in here. And the buzz is a little different because you're used to having all four classes going at the same time for three days. But we did have a very successful state finals last night uh, with A&D and expect that there will be a a successful finals tomorrow. And today, BNC, probably as far as putting them together versus A&D. We've got more fans, but it's still spread out. It's not packed in here, but there's enough that you know when something's going on. There's always that roar. It's not like the Masters, but it's kind of, kind of you can compare it to that a little bit. When something happens, we've got six mats instead of ten, but if something happens, everybody starts looking to see what just happened, what happened, who did what. 
Doug Dude is with us on Hale Varsity Radio, host of Doug and Daddy, 1460-1550, Carney Hastings, Grand Island. Doug, who are some of the kids you followed from your region, and who are some kids that caught your eye with State this week? Well, we're still early in B and C, and Millard South is just loaded. I mean, we can go with Omaha Scut, and you can say what you want about kids getting where they need to be. When you're in wrestling clubs and you want to bring everybody to where you're at, it was Omaha Scut for a long time, and now it's Millard South. And Millard South is a top 20 national program, and they ran away and hid with it. Now, they said they said openly uh, since districts uh, that they wanted to go out and break Grand Island's record of the most points ever scored in a state tournament. Now, they fell short of that, but they still had multiple champions. And we talked about this on a couple of our broadcasts the last couple of days. There are more Nebraska high school wrestlers going to Division One than ever before, and I think that says something. It's not just Nebraska. We've got Oregon State, North Carolina State, Virginia, uh, a lot of kids going to D2 schools, North Dakota State, and, and on and on. There's just way more than there's ever been from the sport of wrestling going on to bigger-time college wrestling. Well, and, and Coach Manning and what Nebraska wrestling does is is phenomenal, and uh, that that is outstanding. Doug, going to switch gears to, to Nebraska and, and hit on the topic of recruiting. It's kind of been an ongoing theme, and we we touched on you know we're not expecting uh, the the top two kids in the metro to to put Nebraska in their top five. I look back at at at, uh, at Harburg and his talent level in in Kearney and uh, the Division One schools that, that knew about him in Nebraska was still able to get him. Uh, a thought from you on kids in central and western Nebraska, what does that Nebraska impact or that Nebraska offer mean? Does it matter to kids in, in, in central and western Nebraska more, or less, or the same as maybe some kids in the eastern part of the state that's a little closer to the program? Bottom line is Nebraska needs to win and be better, yes, for the the next realm of 15 to 18 year olds they got to take care of that uh monday through saturday but just from an impression and a brand standpoint what's the weight of it right now Schmitty, i think there's two things first and we've talked about it before the length of time that nebraska has been overly successful not relevant i hear that term a lot what nebraska has done with scott frost and mike riley over the last six seven years when these high school kids that are juniors were 10, 11 years old and whatever, never thinking about playing college ball probably at that point. So a lot of these kids want to root for somebody that's successful, NFL, pros, uh, college, what doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, whatever it is. So that's one side of it. But I think when you get outside of the bigger cities, the, the things that you can do in smaller, smaller town Nebraska – is it's even more evident that, boy, I grew up watching Nebraska football. I don't care what's happening. Harvest time, I'm going to make sure that if I'm in my combine, I'm listening to the game, or if I'm not doing that, I'm watching the game. And you, it's just that Friday night lights is a little bit different in western Nebraska, and you're not going to have as many Division One offers, but you have to have the Terry Keneally's, the Corey Schlesinger's. You've got to have some of those small-town kids, and I mean small, small-town kids, that can help contribute to this Nebraska program. And I still think that if a small-town kid gets anything, any kind of a sniff from Nebraska, that's really going to fire him up. Uh, it's different 
in the Metro, in Lincoln now, because they have more options, you have more social media, you got more camps you can go to. It, it's just different in the recruiting cycle right now. So, yes, in, in central and western Nebraska, I think uh, the Nebraska brand, I think that's kind of what you're asking. The Nebraska brand still holds the biggest footprint. Doug Dude is with us. He is at State Wrestling, and uh, we are talking a little Husker football on the recruiting trail. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Friday edition, you hear Doug on Doug and Daddy, uh, ESPN 1460, 1550, Cardi Hastings, Grand Island, FM uh, 92.1 and 92.7, also uh, in central Nebraska, the Superstation. We are so proud to be on uh, central Nebraska's uh, Superstation here with Hale Varsity, proud affiliate. And Doug, uh, let's quickly kind of switch gears and... I want to get your take on Husker hoops. Do you think they're better, or does it matter because they're not winning? Oh, they're better. Uh, they're it better. just sounds like somebody but, spilled your beer. You and I are, are having a cocktail, and, and someone just committed the party foul. That long pause, Duda. Schmitty, because... I almost feel like we have to talk Nebraska basketball. I'm probably one of those poor schmucks that actually loved Nebraska. I mean, I love Nebraska football, number one. But I yeah. loved Nebraska basketball when I was in high school, when I was going to college in Lincoln, when Danny Nee and the boys were turning things around. It was, I mean, it was cool just to go to the NIT back then. You were just trying to be successful in basketball. But, Schmitty, here's the deal. I don't understand – why Nebraska seems to be the only team. Some teams it happens to once in a while, but every single game, it's a 13-0 run. It's a 20-0 run. It's an 18-2 run. And, Schmitty, it's been every game, and it's not just Fred Hoiberg. It wasn't just Doc Sadler. It wasn't just Barry Cole. This has been going on for 15 years that Nebraska continually has had games. I don't understand how that can't be I mean, it's all the time, and that's why you hear the frustration in my voice. I think they're better, but how in the world can it happen every single night? Pick out any other college in the country, let alone a Power 5 team, and find me a stretch of games of five in a row where any of those teams have went on double-digit droughts five straight nights. I bet you can't do it. Nebraska does it every single night. Give him a hug, Elijah. Doug, are... I mean, I can't give you a hug virtually, um, but it's COVID times, COVID times, you know, but, but when you, when you talk about these scoring droughts, how much do you think of that is just a, a symptom of the way offense has gone in modern basketball, just to prioritize the layup in the three? <laughs> Elijah, I, I, I'm not, I don't disagree with you, but it's only Nebraska. It's only Nebraska. I mean, Again, if you can find me because you're better at finding all the stats and looking all this stuff up than me or Schmitty ever is, just find me another team. I know people are frustrated watching Nebraska from the offensive standpoint because it looks like all they're doing is throwing up threes and running into the middle of the lane and losing the basketball. And I know that gets frustrating, but we're not we're not that bad. Why can't why do we always got to go on these droughts? Doug Dude is with us on Hale Varsity Radio at State Wrestling. We've hit hoops. We've hit football. So, last thought, Mr. Doug, let's talk Isaac Trout. He's in He's in Lincoln tonight against Pius and went for almost 60 uh, the other night. 
I, I have not had a chance to see him in person. What are we dealing with? I mean, you've seen a lot of high school basketball, brother. I mean, you you, you did the Andy Markowski era, and that's that's a – he was really good and is good. So we love the pride of, of Ord. But we got Trout, and he is another national attention-getting kid. What, what, what do you like most about his game? How cool is it that we have all these Division One basketball players in Nebraska? That's cool. Uh, Trout, he's one of those kids that was when he was young, he just wasn't all that tall, and he learned how to handle the basketball, and then he grew, and he grew substantially. So you've got one of these six, eight, six, nine kids that not only can shoot and handle the basketball, but now he's got some height under him, and he can play a little defense. He's they're still probably a year away in Grand Island. His supporting cast isn't what you would want for some of the other Metro teams. but And, and Pius is good. Boy, I wouldn't want to play them in the state tournament. I get it that it's Millard North and, and uh, Bellevue West because they're great, but uh, you, you could see a good one tonight. It's just a little easy for some teams. They can they can let him score his 30, but if they want to go play defense on him, it, it, it really kind of handcuffs Grand Island about the rest of their offense because right now, uh, as, as well as they play together, Trout's still 75% of their offense. Doug Duda. Doug, thanks for your coverage. Appreciate you much. We'll do this again soon. And uh, have a great weekend, buddy. You too, Schmitty. We should be playing baseball like the rest of the country. Love you. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Good stuff from Doug Duda and Bill Dolman this hour. Derek Peterson, last hour podcast. Get us with Hale Varsity Radio every day, Monday through Saturday. And uh, you can find us, heard at media.com, also HaleVarsity.com and ESPNLincoln.com for the on-demand. And uh, give us a rating. Tell us what you think, uh, you love, you hate, or you're somewhere in between. It's okay just sound off give us a review give us a rating and give us not only a follow but a download subscription and uh, don't cost you nothing uh, itunes spotify google play for hail varsity and of course espn lincoln on twitter and uh, hail varsity on twitter and elijah herbal at herbal essence on twitter at schmidt underscore radio follow all of those so uh you heard the uh, the rejoin there with a little bit of uh Walter White uh, voice. Elijah, we're watching Your Honor on Showtime. That's the new Brian Cranston series where his kid ends up uh, whacking a mob boss's kid in a traffic accident. And we're almost through this first season. And it it feels a little Breaking Bad-ish, but man, it's still pretty good. It's pretty dark, but it's, it's, uh, it's all right. I have not... Um, recommended very many like binge-worthy programs, but I am I'm giving this the uh, head nod and and take a sip of your your um, your your beer bottle. I, I like it. I, it's, it's got it's I got the Chris Schmidt stamp of, of well, It's not a kick out of type show, but it, it's a it's a good it's a good series. I mean, if it has the Chris Schmidt stamp of approval, I'm all for it. And you you are calling it binge-worthy? R- yes. Okay. It's it's a Showtime deal. I think we are dirtying it through Amazon Prime, and it's one my wife's even watching. So we we have not watched together. So we're kind of in this arms race of who's ahead of the other 
episode-wise. It didn't get a bunch of great reviews, and it maybe feels too familiar with uh, Brian Cranston's character. He's a judge versus being a science teacher. There's no meth involved here, but it gets pretty uh, pretty deep. So that, that, check that out. That's going to go right. on my list. The, uh, the next one, I, I got to get through Sopranos still. Still haven't seen it. So what, what's it all? Any of them? Are you on a certain season or have you not even started? Uh, I have not even started. Dude, you'll love The Sopranos. Okay. And you know what sucks, though, is the, the further we get away from it, I mean, we're working on 14 years since the, uh, the, the finale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's been 20, 21 years since uh, that show started in the in late 99. Yeah, so I, it's, I, it's great. I was it's pushing awesome. to watch uh, episode one last night with my roommates and I got outvoted. What'd they vote on? Uh, they decided that they just wanted to watch Jojo Rabbit instead, which was a good movie. Mm. Okay. Let's get into a forecast here. We'll uh, do some rapid fire. So tomorrow uh, is uh, a trio of Big Ten action. You have Michigan State at Indiana. Indiana's clinging to a, a 10 seed right now. They're favored by six and a half. You know what? I, I think Indiana wins, but I think Michigan State covers. Give me 67-62 IU. Michigan State will stun somebody. Maybe they'll get ready for the tournament, uh, Big Ten tournament. But I like Indiana to keep rolling right now. Yeah, From what I saw from that uh, Nebraska-Michigan State game earlier this year, Michigan State, a lot of young talent, which uh, makes me think that, as you said, they're going to get somebody. Uh, they're going to get it all clicking uh, at some point. I think Indiana could be the team to do it. Uh, I personally don't know enough about this uh, this Indiana basketball team to know uh, if it's going to be or not. So I'm going to stick with Vegas. I'm going to stick with line. I'm going to call it 70-63. Indiana covers barely. Two things that are common in the Big Ten right now. Penn State is dangerous. They fell by five by 10. Uh, and uh, Ohio State was able to, to get a really impressive win. I think that's how good Ohio State is, but it was nip and tuck. So Penn State's dangerous. Illinois is not playing good basketball, almost beaten by Nebraska, barely outlasted Northwestern. They get drilled. And when I mean drilled, they get beat at Minnesota tomorrow. Illinois uh, minus five and a half. Give me Minnesota for the outright win. Give me Minnesota for sure in the points. I like the Gophers tomorrow. Uh, I would be with you if there were fans in the stands up in Minnesota. That's a tough place to go get a win, but there aren't. Uh, so I see this as a get-right game for Illinois. Uh, give me uh, – yeah, I'll take Illinois in the points. You're, you'll give the points, right? Mm-hmm. Nebraska's dogged at home, minus six and a half. Does Nebraska get another win? I don't know, man. Uh, they had their moments to, to beat Maryland. I think Maryland's got elite talent. When they want to give a damn, they're pretty good. I think Purdue's uh, hovering right there around the top 25 ranking. They're 14 and fourteen and eight. Uh, I, just, I just think Purdue's got too much. I think Nebraska probably covers, but they lose by five or so at home. Uh, give me uh, Purdue 70, Nebraska 65. Purdue the win, Nebraska the cover. Elijah? Uh, this is one of those games where uh, I just don't see how Nebraska is going to match up in the post with uh, with Purdue. Uh, they got a really talented freshman seven-footer who is getting better and better as the year goes on. I just don't see who's going to be able to box him out and, and be able to keep him off the glass. Um, and I've also found that the more... Uh, 
pessimistic I am towards Nebraska basketball, the better they seem to play. Uh, so I'm going to have Nebraska losing in a blowout. Uh, Nebraska 52, uh, Purdue 70. So an 18-point win for Purdue. Okay. We'll head to Sunday. Iowa drilled Wisconsin last night. Big time win for Iowa. They host Penn State. Don't have a line on that. I think Iowa wins at home. But I think Penn State makes it interesting. Give me the, the Hawkeyes by about 8 or 10. Does that sound right to you? Uh, are we trying to set a fake line here? No, I, I, that's that's the line I would throw out there, 8 to 10 points. Um, If, if that is the line you're throwing out there, I, I got to go with Iowa to cover. I see this as a 10 to 15 point Iowa win. Um, not Penn State's year necessarily. It's, uh, they're not the team they had a couple years ago, uh, whereas Iowa still guys Luka Garza, and they're reaching that stretch of the season where you think you're going to start picking things up for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they got a big win last night. Give me Iowa uh, by uh, 14 points. I don't have a score for you, but Iowa by about 14 fine. against Penn State. Maryland at Rutgers. This is huge. Uh, Maryland's working towards the right side of the bubble. Rutgers is currently on the right side of the bubble. Maryland kind of maybe got right against Nebraska with their their outside shooting. I think Rutgers is too good at home. And I think Rutgers wins this over Maryland uh, by about seven. Give me a 74 to 68 type deal. Uh, Give me Rutgers and the win at home over Maryland. It's so tough for me to to, to say home court advantage in 2021. There's no fans there. Um, so this this one's just a toss-up for me between Maryland and Rutgers. Uh, but I'll take uh, Maryland, and I'll take Maryland close. Give me Maryland uh, 74, Rutgers 71. Ohio State hosting Michigan. Uh, I think Ohio State's the best team in the league. I think they show that against Michigan. They can bully ball you. They are okay at three-point shooting. Not great, but they defend better than anybody. Give me Ohio State over Michigan. And I think it's one of those classic grinder outs, uh, 67-60, Ohio State over Michigan. Yeah, uh, Michigan putting up a better battle in basketball than they do in football, but uh, Ohio State just has an awesome record against teams in the uh, the top 25 this year. Uh, this is number three versus number four, I believe, in the AP mm. poll. Um, so it's going to be a great game. I'll, I'll be turning, uh, tuning in, uh, as you said, two one seeds. Um, but I'm with you. I'm going to take Ohio State. I think they're the best team in the conference. We'll wind down a Friday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on your Friday. Don't forget weekend edition tomorrow morning. Myself, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. So we will uh, get it rolling uh, this weekend. So uh, reminder, basketball uh, tonight, ESPN Lincoln locally. Norris, number two in Class B. Wahoo, number four in Class C. And that's going to be uh, one awesome ball game with tempo and shooting and athletes. And we'll have pregame for you around 720. And then I'll have Papio and uh, Southwest tomorrow around five o'clock so uh we are gearing up towards girls state we are gearing up towards boys state and you got some really phenomenal programs here for girls basketball 
East has always been pretty talented. Of course, Southwest is big time. And same with Pius as they're trying to go back to back uh, around uh, the capital city for boys. You know, we just touched on how, how good Norris is. Uh, North Star, not that far removed from taking down Omaha Central. East has been uh, a lot of fun. And same with Southeast and Lincoln High. And you, you do have uh, Pius that is just incredible with what Coach Spitzkin and company have done yet again this year. They are a very big-time threat. And, you know, Southwest is playing really good basketball with Coach Baugh. So uh, we'll have a, a chance uh, tomorrow to, to check them out. Chance to see Norris and Wahoo, both teams that will uh, no doubt uh, make their reservations in the capital city for state here in a couple of weeks. Uh, good time of year, man. Great, uh, great time for basketball. Elijah, thank the good Lord. It's going to thaw out here over the weekend a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm already planning a car wash come Monday. I just know it's just going to be brutal roads my car is going to be covered in like all the leftover uh the salt that's been left all over the roads and it's just going to look gross but well, but think about all the just junk on the bottom of your vehicle right but on the bright side if the snow gets melted out a little bit i'm gonna go hit the backyard get a suntan so uh, we're only what three four months from summer yeah we are that's uh it's a little bold i know that's optimism. <laughs> well, what what I'm looking forward to is really is. Is, is I'm looking forward to that weather. I mean, if we hit mid to high 40s at any point in the next month, I mean, once the snow melts off, that's that's good enough for basketball weather for me. I've been missing going and playing some basketball. I'm sure you have. Well, Especially, think about yeah. this too. I mean, it warmed up to the point this week where 19 above felt like 40 it just felt crazy weird outside because it wasn't 20 below and, and then like, it's all relative and then like for I, sure also like you see like 15 and you go like oh, i'm gonna bundle up just the same as i've been all week because it's still cold and you go outside and you're like oh I'm, I'm i'm completely overdressed maybe i'm just warm-blooded and have a little more insulation than most people i don't know <laughs> no you're, you're not like you were it's all good. Uh, check out the podcast. Uh, do so. Hail Varsity Radio. And find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. And be sure to check us out here in about an hour and a half for boys basketball. Norris and Wahoo. And stream at ESPNLincoln.com locally. Talk to you in the morning. Weekend edition at 7 a.m. Thanks to Elijah Herbal, Doug Duda. Uh, Big thanks to Bill Dolman and Derek Peterson. And uh, back tomorrow at 7 on Hale Varsity. See ya.